Hi, and welcome to Prevent This, a podcast of your choice, where we cover everything substance abuse related from prevention to treatment to recovery and everything in between. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a doctor or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding mental health, addiction, or substance abuse. Good morning, everyone. I'm here with my co-hosts, Sandy and Katie, and today we are going to talk about how to reestablish parental authority with love and respect with your teen. I know, Sandy, that this is an important topic that you'd really like to dive deeper into because of all the work you do with families. So, Sandy, can you tell our listeners why this topic is so important to you? Sure. So as a certified interventionist, I have the privilege of working with many families who are dealing with their teens or young adult substance use, and I started to notice a common denominator within all of these families, and that was the lack of parental authority. So when you say parental control or authority, what do you mean by that, and what does that look like? So as parents, we set the expectations, the rules, and the consequences for our teens, young adults, especially if it involves high-risk behaviors um, such as drugs and alcohol. And we follow through consistently with our consequences, and we uphold a certain behavior standard in our home, and we hold our children accountable. That, to me, is parental authority. So how do parents then lose that authority? And do parents even know when they've lost control of their household? So my, my feeling is that parents lose control of their teens when they say something and don't follow through. They lose control when some days they follow through on their consequences and some days it's too much of an effort so they don't. They find themselves in a situation where their teens, is, teens are no longer listening to them and they're not following the rules. And most parents don't even realize that the role has been reversed and that their teen is actually in control. So can you give me some examples then of what that would look like? Sure. You can tell your teen that they may not leave the house and they walk out anyway. Um, You can reiterate your rules on uh, drinking and drug use and they continue to come home under the influence. You take away a privilege. Let's say you take away their phone and they start screaming, yelling, swearing, threatening you. You know, they create such a scene that the whole family is affected by that. Um, one of the things that I always cringe when I hear, you know, I can't take away his or her phone. Um, they will make life miserable for our whole family. And even parents say to me, I can't do that. They will be really mad at me. I mean, that is losing control of our parental authority. Also, your teen's attitude you know, towards you is disrespectful. They feel that they have the right to raise their voice at you, use foul language towards you, and totally ignore or rebels against anything you have to say as a parent. That is what losing parental authority looks like. So then why is it so hard for parents to regain their control, especially if their child is using substances? They're afraid. Bottom line, they are afraid. They are afraid that if they put their foot down and follow through on their consequences, that their teen will use more or switch to a stronger drug. Their teen may overdose, withdraw even more from them, um, take their own life, commit suicide, that their teen, if they follow through on their consequences, will run away. And many times parents say, 
they'll hate me even more. That is what keeps parents stuck. Great. Um, So I'd like to bring Katie in on this and get her perspective. Uh, When working with families, we often hear that parents are afraid that they will do something that will make their teen's addiction worse. And oftentimes that fear prevents parents from doing anything at all. So Katie, is there any truth in that? I would say no. I mean, it's so hard to speak to individual circumstances, but I think overall there's not a whole lot you can do that would make somebody's addiction worse besides provide drugs or alcohol for them. Um, But oftentimes it's those boundaries and consequences that protect kids actually when we get so caught up in this trap as parents thinking if I do this then this is going to happen that we just kind of get frozen and don't do anything at all and I think that's actually what's really detrimental to teens. So did consequences or boundaries that your parents set for you um, cause you to use more? Absolutely not. I think in my circumstance and I was sneaky. I was going to use no matter what, but I think a lot of the things that my mom put in place actually protected me from far worse things happening. So um, I tell this sometimes in my story, but my mom was would be today and what I considered back then a very strict parent. Like she checked where I was going to be, you know, when I got caught shoplifting at 14 years old, I had to mow lawns all summer to pay my tickets, but she followed through with her consequences. And I really don't think that made me use more. I mean, I still got around her rules, but there was, I always knew what was expected of me. And so then did the consequences she set for you cause you more stress? No, not at all. I think, like I said, it it safeguarded me. Oftentimes when we're trying to implement new rules and consequences, teens clap back. They say they hate their parents or even become disrespectful. Do they really hate their parents or are they just words to make their parents feel miserable? I think, you know, and again, I can't speak to individual circumstances, but I think overall, I don't think teens hate their parents at all. I think kids and teens all know what pushes our buttons. They know what to say that'll hurt us and cut us down. And I think teens absolutely use that to their advantage. I read um, in in this teen psychology is that teens have this inner need to break away from their parents and to become individuals. And so oftentimes, you know, that that process can be very, very messy. And so a lot of times it comes out as anger and these like tension and fights. But I don't think parents should be afraid of that or um, take it too personally because I don't think they mean it. And from your opinion, why do teens feel that's okay to be disrespectful to their parents? I think partially the same reason why they feel it's okay to say that they hate their parents. But I also think that as parents, we can get in this trap of allowing too much. I think from little on, kids should be taught that you're not to be rude to me and this is not how you speak to me. And that's something that should follow them through their whole life. And so, you know, even as a teenager, I mean, you cannot take it personally and you can be the calm one in the situation. But I also think disrespect needs to stop and also needs to have consequences. Great. Thank you, Katie. So then, Sandy, what needs to change in the family unit to reestablish parental authority with love? So I just want to share kind of my own personal experience. 
Um, you know, I regained my parental authority. I united with my husband and daughter. And most important, you know, I dared to follow through on the consequences that we had given our son over and over again. Um, by doing this, we created change. We shifted the power off of our son and took the power back as parents. And I truly believe that was the reason why our son agreed to enter an inpatient treatment program. He knew we were serious and we would follow through. Um, I would recommend writing up a uh, contract with your kids on household behavior, school expectations, all of your expectations. Set, set those expectations and the consequences and follow through. So... Sandy, it's kind of like when I think of like my own kids, I have three young kids that, you know, it, I have to pick my battles with them. And when they don't want something, you know, I have to stick with it. I have to follow through. If I say, no, you're not having that, they're going to cry, they're going to fight, they're going to scream. But I know that if I give in the next time, I don't want them to have that, it'll be 10 times worse. So is that kind of along the same lines. Right, yeah. Follow through on your consequences consistently, um, even if you're tired, even if you've got a lot of different things going on at that time, even if you've got, you don't want the headache or the drama, follow through, do it anyway. That's really interesting because I just read an article that said kids go through two times in their life when they have a real struggle to establish their identity separate from their parents. And one is when they're toddlers around three, and then the next is when they're teenagers. And so, you know, when they're toddlers, you do these things and you set boundaries so that trust is established. And I think it's the same thing when they're teenagers, um, just bigger kids and bigger problems, but it's the same thing. So you've already done it once, hopefully as a parent, and now you just need to do it again. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Katie, so then what do you think is the biggest mistakes that parents make when trying to regain authority? I think a couple things. Um, first, I think, again, is just taking it personally. You have to separate yourself. And like you just said, even if you've had a long day, if you need to just go outside so that you don't take it personally, because when you take something personally as a parent, you're giving your teen power. They're like, whoa, I have the power to like ruin her day to cause these reactions. And that can feel really powerful. So I think, you know, not taking it personally, taking a step back, because when you do try to gain, regain authority, there's going to be some power struggles like that's just the reality of it and then I also think giving up too easily is another one so again with these struggles you're going to have them but you just have to keep with it and not give up especially if it gets hard for a minute and then also just watch your reactions you know to this because you have to remember you're the parent you are the calm one and you have to be the kind of force of reason Okay, Sandy, your turn. So what do you think are the biggest mistakes that you see parents make? Um, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. You know, I recommend that parents ask themselves these questions. Is what I am doing with my teen currently working? Is my teen getting better or pretty much staying the same or getting worse? If you do more of the same thing without changing, more of the same thing will happen. So if you're not seeing the improvement, if you're not seeing a change, you need to do something different. I know it's hard, and I know a lot of parents are scared, um, but be afraid not to change. 
As a parent, you are not your child's friend. Your child needs guidance, boundaries, and they need discipline. I have seen the power of the family following through on consequences. I've personally witnessed many teens, young adults, and even adults become motivated to agree to the help that is needed because of the consequences. I remember when my son was in treatment for drug and alcohol abuse the last time, he looked at me and he said, Mom, there was no reason for me to change. I think that says it all. Yeah. Another common thing we hear from parents is that they have to prove that their teen is using. Sandy, what advice do you have on that? And I remember that feeling. I always felt that I had to prove um, what my son was doing, and I had to catch him, and I had to make sure it was a certain amount. But you know what? It's not on you. They need to prove to you that they are not using. Yes, um, I do recommend drug testing and breathalyzing uh, your teen, but don't get hung up on how much they are using or drinking, what type of drug or alcohol. Um, if you instill the zero tolerance in your household, any sign of anything is not acceptable, and consequences will be enforced. Listen to your gut. Um, it's usually right that something is off. Just remember, we don't need to justify ourselves. We're the parents. So if we start losing this control, okay, and we don't know yet that they're using substances, right? So we're losing control. We have an inkling, but we're like, well, I didn't find anything in their room. You know, that kind of keeps us in the fear zone as well, mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. So then what... So if I'm losing control, I'm suspecting, but they haven't shown, you know, I haven't found anything in their room. What advice would you give? You know, I remember when my son first started using, I knew in my heart and my gut was screaming, but I never found anything. Um, what I wish I had have done was, you know, breathalyze or do a drug test and validate it. So if he wasn't using, if it came back negative, um, then just sit there and reiterate, hey, something's off, you know, let's talk about it. And once again, establish my rules with drugs and alcohol. If it comes back positive, you're not in that wishy-washy, you know what you are facing. And at that point, you know what you need to deal with. So by the time that you start, and this can be for Katie and Sandy too, so by the time that you start to lose this authority and you know that they're doing substances, do you think that it they've been using for a while before they get this authority or take over? Well, I think at, at the beginning they're timid. They're not sure how mom and dad are going to react. And then as they see mom and dad not following through on one thing, I think it just starts building. Well, they're not going to follow through on that, so I'm going to push it a little bit further. So I think they're testing the waters with us. And if we're not strong and following through, we've opened ourselves up. They know that whatever we say is not true. And I think once we get to that point, we've lost. We've lost control. And it's not always with substances either. No. I think in teens in general, you right. can lose your authority and they might not be using substances. We're not saying every kid who's disrespectful or pushing the boundaries is using substances. But right. um, it can happen in the same thing. If you start losing, even if it's not with substances, you still have to follow through. Exactly. And we do have a great video on consequences. You know, how to set clear and concise cons 
um, consequences, so please visit our website on that. But consequences are really, really important, and especially if your child, you work and you explain it to your child before something, so they know, so they have that choice when they go out. Should I smoke that joint with Billy? Or they know that consequence that's going to be followed through by mom and dad if they do. Yeah. Think about, though, if you don't follow through. What's going to stop him the next time he goes or she goes? Nothing. You're going to push the boundaries more. You're going to push the boundaries more. Yeah. So as you know, Sandy, because you are my mom, (laughs) um, I have three younger children who one is entering middle school who is a fifth grader. So I know I'm going to be entering this territory soon. But why is it so important to be proactive? So if I'm listening to this you know, why is this information that you're sharing with me, why is it important now? Why should I even have it on my radar now? Well, Ashley, as your mom and as the grandmother of your three children, I am just so glad and so thankful that you're being proactive um, because, to be honest with you, I don't know if I could survive um, one of my grandchildren going down that path of drugs and alcohol. But, you know, as parents, we think that drugs and alcohol will never affect us. But unfortunately, we don't get to decide that. Um, we, the best thing to do is learn, educate yourself, educate your kids, and once again, set those consequence, the consequences, your boundaries, and be very specific that there's zero tolerance in your household. One and, of... Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. One of the tools that I use with my six-year-old is an if-then chart. So we have a list of things on the left-hand side of things that he might do, and then he's got consequences on the right-hand side. So he knows if I do this, then this will happen. Love it. I mean, he's a lot younger, but that's something that works for us. And then we went through and set consequences together that we both thought were fair um Mm -hmm. absolutely and that's what they recommend get get the feedback from your kid on it and sometimes they will do a stronger consequence than what you would have thought and you know too take the time to troubleshoot take the time to have a backup plan Um, take the time to have that contingency plan what if this happens that's being proactive that's being proactive versus reactive oh my gosh this happened now what are we going to do? And I'm sure it's a lot easier to do it now when our children are younger, before they get into that, you know, challenging teen time. So Absolutely. if it starts in the younger ages and they're used to that, when they do hit the teenage years, it'll probably be easier to keep that established. Right. And just remember, as the parent, they are also watching what you do. Mm-hmm. And that's a whole other subject. Yes. <laughs> so be yes. a good role, role model for your children. Yeah. So just to sum up um, what we talked about today, it's definitely really important to set boundaries and consequences. Even if you've lost that control, um, it's still okay to go back and redo that. Yeah. And two things I just want to add is one thing that, Sandy, you said when I very first met you that always struck with me stuck with me, it was that, you know, if you think about kids on the spectrum, you have your kids that are going to use no matter what. 
And there, unfortunately, there's not a whole lot as parents that we can do. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the kind of kid I was. I was just bound and determined to use, and nobody was going to stop me. And then you have your kids, you know, on the other side that aren't going to use, and then everybody else is in the middle. So I think that's really where the power of proactive parenting comes in is catching those kids in the middle and being proactive to stop them from going further down this road. That's Yeah, I agree with that, Katie. Thank you for bringing that up. That's really very true. And then the other thing I just wanted to remind people of, too, is that Mostly, you know, experimentation, if they do get into that, it is a phase and the disrespect is a phase. And so I found a quote from Mark Twain that I really liked that I wanted to share. Um, And so he said, when I was a boy of 14, my father was so ignorant, I could hardly stand to have the old man around. But when I got to be 21, I was astonished at how much the old man had learned in seven years. So as an encouragement to parents, you know, don't give up. Um, Eventually, even if there is this disrespect and this, you know, hate towards you, it will come back around and they will become your friends. Thank you. Yeah, that's a really great quote. And I also want to add, too, because I know, like, if I were in the middle of this, I might feel like, well, I failed as a parent. I'm a bad parent. So if you are listening and you are struggling with your teen, you're not a bad parent. It is okay. You can regain control. So don't be beating yourself up. Don't look back. Look forward on what you can do in the future um, to get that control back. Right. Take, Take that next step. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't just stay stuck in the vicious cycle. Take the next step and regain it. Yeah. Anybody have anything else they want to add? No. All right, well, thank you both for your input today, and thank you, listeners, for joining us. Um, for additional information and resources, please check out our website at yourchoiceprevention.org. And if you need to reach out for help, we are always here for you. Mm-hmm.